Uh, I was going to say, you probably, you're so ready. You spent, uh, you know, the last five minutes remembering how to soft mute your mic, which is good. I did. Obviously, I think like sound quality wise, uh, we got bigger problems than my soft mute. Mr. Sounds like death, but all right, let's go. All right. I'm recording. Let's go. Episode 84, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dungeons & Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week. Uh, joining me, as always, is Crofton, who does not sound like he is uh, very sick. How do you sound, Crofton? Go ahead. I sound really great, Ryan, and you sound like, I'll tell you, you sound pretty bad. I, yeah. will, I, will, I will be honest, but I feel like I spoke to you one time before where you sounded off, and this is a bit like that. So, uh, you know, every once in a while, Ryan has an episode where he doesn't sound quite himself. We, we get that on this show. Yeah, so, uh, and, and also apologies for the very late episode. Uh, I think it's been about a month. I, I didn't actually check, but I, it feels like it's been a while um, that's because, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in the diaper section, but I'll, I'll give a, a prelude here. Essentially my wife caught COVID, uh, then a week later I caught COVID. Um, only the youngest, uh, got COVID. The other two were in varying degrees of, of, of colds and testing negative. So it's been about, it's been a couple weeks and this is like the tail end of it. I've got like a sore ear, um, and and this lovely voice and a and a lovely cough uh and a lovely uh nose drip. So that's what I'm dealing with right now and this is the first podcast back. I actually was um going to record Gamers in. Uh, boo. Gamers but, in boo. Yeah. I I guess you didn't see the news on Twitter but Jocelyn uh caught covid uh this week so she uh oh, she geez. was out. <laughs> yeah. So it's I like it's all it's crazy because even on Twitter I've seen uh, here locally, I follow the public health um, for Peterborough, and I guess uh, it's a very high risk index for COVID-19. And and yes, I would agree. Um, we were fairly cautious for two and a half years, and then and then we got it, which is was bound to happen at some point. I mean, um, it's just it, it's hard to avoid, uh, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, we could even pinpoint it to a specific event and and all that, but. You know, I am feeling better. Ashley's feeling better. The kids are feeling better. Um, they're still home for other reasons, but yeah. Kegger at Jocelyn's house? Uh, no, I well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know Jocelyn's situation. Um, I I know for I know for us, uh, my wife um, Ashley took Caden uh, and Abigail to a to a Lakers game, uh, a lacrosse game here in uh, Peterborough, and uh, it was the oh. it was the finals. <laughs> The Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had you the go Lakers? Yeah. You went to the Lakers? I'm like, that's amazing. Big international trip to see. Yeah, yeah. No, no. The Peterborough Lacrosse Lakers. I'm yeah, like, the, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh it was uh it was the Man Cup. They won. It was game seven and it was a packed house. And uh a couple days later uh, they announced that it was a super spreader event and a lot of people got <laughs> COVID there. Um that and, that was the prize, Ryan. Yeah, that's uh it certainly felt like a surprise and a prize all at once. Um but you know what? Here's the thing. 
we're going to make this a, a tight show. I have no idea how long uh, this this lovely voice will last, but I will give myself a little bit of a break while I bring back the Crofton side of core. What about what's his um, name? Um, uh, Crofton? Cro- Crofton. He's got something. So there you go. That's our intro. Crofton, are you ready? I've got one clip today. I, I had two, but I figure there's really only one that applies to, to this concept. So um, All right. Are you ready? Not, no, yeah, sure. <laughs> now, uh, before I before we do this, I have to say, um, and I know that they're recording course simultaneously. I'm actually curious about this because um, Bo and I and uh, Mike played uh, this board game on the weekend. Yeah, uh, called Whiz War, which is not about uh, peeing competitions, oh. but it is about wizards at war. Um, and uh, it's so Wiz War is the name of the board game, and uh, and uh, we played it, and we were all trying to remember how to play because we hadn't played board games since COVID or whatever. And uh, it's funny because uh, it was Mike's birthday, um, and Bo's birthday is this weekend, so it was like kind of a double birthday. I was the only one with no birthday or whatever. Uh, we hadn't got together to play board games for a while. Anyway, I won both games. Um, and not only did I win both games, I complained most of the time about getting screwed. Um, and so so and I know that Bo and Mike, it was driving them nuts because what kept happening is that we hadn't played for so long and they would discover in the middle of the game that we had been interpreting a rule wrong or, or not even playing with a certain rule. And then we have to choose either are we going to play with that rule uh, from now on? Are we going to like retro, like go back in time and try to undo it if it had negative consequences? Are we not going to do anything and play with the the new rules as we've been playing, you know, and that sort of thing? And that happened multiple times. And almost every time it was to my detriment and to Bo and Mike's benefit. But so I obviously complained, but yet managed to clutch pull out the victory both times uh but i made sure to complain non-stop so i was essentially like donald trump not in the second election but in the one he won where he was like complaining the whole time because he thought he was going to lose and then he won that was me right so i expect that bo will spend probably less time than i just spent complaining about it here <laughs> complaining about my behavior on core so i am pre-complaining to get ahead of his complaining. Now, please play the clip. Right. So just for the record, it sounds like you're basically queuing up the next Croft inside of core when Bo talks about your game board session. That's correct. Right. Like the next one of this, you will, I got ahead of the game this time, Ryan. Oh, smart, smart. All right. Well, here's the thing. Let's, uh, let's play this clip. It's from core three, three, one. And, uh, the title is garbage can mishap. Here you go. Oh, and I think I'm pretty sure this is a gross one. Um, so just keep that in mind. It's about a minute long. Here you go. That's right. I one time I put a garbage bag into a rainy, um, into a rainy like garbage bin, and then water splashed all over me. It was full of maggots. Oh, yeah, that oh, happened. That's gross. Did you, ever, did you get any maggots in your mouth or no? No, they were just like chest high and lower. Just but it splashed. So it was like a symphony. Oh, like I had a dude. whole village. Of maggots on me, and there, of course, I had an audience of friends there, so they all laughed at me. That made it better. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Was it yeah. was one of them Crofton? So we have to mention him today. We have to say his he, name. Yeah, I think he was there. Yeah, okay, I think he was there. All right, it was Crofton. Like Twenty years ago, it was a long time ago, but Crofton. I still remember it. Well, there you go, Crofton. Do you remember it? <laughs> so, 
I was wondering where this one was going. I'm like, this is gross. Also, I don't understand what the relation to me is going to be. And then, then of course, when he's finished his disgusting story, he needed to. So here's the thing. I don't remember this, but if according to Bo's story, he got maggots in his face, then probably he would remember that more than me if I didn't get maggots in my face. So I would trust Bo if he said that I was there. That said, I think it's about 50-50 that I was there. I can't remember it offhand uh, and probably would need more details. That said, Bo would not invent a story like that. That legit happened. It's just a matter of was Crofton there or not. And I can't tell you, Ryan. I, I wish I could. I, yeah. I can't give you the Croft inside a core on this one. That's fine. Well, we were bound to stump you at some point. And, and here's the thing. I uh, I apologize. I probably could have added that clip a little bit because really it was just the start and the end that was uh, critical to the segment. But you know what? There we go. Uh, you'll have our, our next Croft inside of core when uh, Crofton ev- eventually comes up again uh, on core. But with that, let's jump into the dungeons. And I know... Uh, Crofton and I are both playing some fun video games over the last couple of weeks, but I'm curious about Return to Monkey Island because I'm kind of tempted to jump in on this one on a, on a new device that I just picked up. But uh, how is Return to Monkey Island? Uh, so, return like, here's the thing. Last time we did the show, Ryan, I indulged in my nostalgia and I took us to the land before time where we talked about adventure games, notably Sierra and the Quest for Glory series. I named Drop Monkey Island quite a lot at that time. And I really honestly played a lot of Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2. Um, when I was younger, I really remember like being on the school bus, having Monkey Island 2 waiting at home and like being really excited to get back from my 45 minute bus ride to be able to play some Monkey Island 2. Um, so uh, really it, 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 it is seeped for me in the pits of nostalgia. Also, it is very much an adventure game. Um, and so uh, that comes with a certain expectation. You're moving a character around, screen to screen. You're picking up items. You're talking to characters. You're solving wacky puzzles, all of that. So um, I would say uh, Return to Monkey Island uh, can be graded in multiple ways depending on where you come from. Uh, and based on my uh, perfect Venn diagram of interest in adventure games, extreme nostalgia for monkey island specifically uh and the quality and overall make of this particular game i would be giving it a top shelf marks like it is a fantastic uh reincarnation of a dormant franchise and honestly um fits right in there with the other monkey island games uh as just a fantastic game how do these games hold up in 2022 I would say, well, like honestly, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the diaper section as I uh, unearthed the secret of Monkey Island, the first one to play with my daughter. Um, but uh, the, the, uh, those, the Monkey Island games and the LucasArts games in particular were not riddled with dead ends like the Sierra games were. Uh, they were, you know, very tongue in cheek, good sense of humor. Everything about them holds up well. I and honestly believe if The Secret of Monkey Island was released tomorrow, that is the first game in the series, 
for the very first time, and it had no nostalgic baggage connected to it, and it was just released as a new adventure game, that it would hold up quite well, uh, and people would would like it uh, and think that it is pretty a pretty good game in 2022. You can't say that about many video games. And uh, Return to Monkey Island does a great job of like uh, 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 of picking up exactly where the series had left off and also like navigating the weird situation that the creator Ron Gilbert left after the first two games. And yet there were other games made. And this game is sort of like a callback to the first two games. So I would say like, if, if you're somebody that has not played monkey Island one or two, uh, and you're like, should I get into this? Should I get this game? Would I enjoy this game? I think you would if you enjoyed adventure games, but it's really hard for me to divorce myself from somebody that knows and loves Monkey Island. They, it is one of those things where like, like imagine you're playing, you know, you play a Mass Effect game and you play the next one and then you go back to the Citadel and there and, and everything sort of there's callbacks or you might meet characters and see where they are in life now and all of that. Well, this has that in spades. The main setting and especially at the first part of the game is the exact same island, Mealy Island, that the secret of Monkey Island takes place in. And you get to see where everybody's at and catch up with different characters and all of that. And honestly, that is so awesome for somebody like me. But for somebody that would be playing this game for the first time, it would have zero resonance, right? Um, and to that, I would say, like, I don't know if I would universally recommend this game. If you have not played a Monkey Island game before, if you're not familiar with the characters, if this is your first exposure to them, I know a lot of the reviews say, oh, it holds up just as well. And it's not like the Monkey Island series has an intricate story that is complicated to follow. I would just say, like, your enjoyment level and mileage would vary very much. I think you might get stuck on a puzzle early and be like, I'm not going to stick with this. Um, so, yeah, that's my overall overall take take on it. I, I take it, Ryan, based on your age and the fact that, like, you just hit puberty, that that you have not played the original Monkey Islands. Would that be safe to say? Uh, yeah. Um, I've not played the originals. Uh, I've played, I think the only Monkey Island game I played was the uh, Telltale one, the sort of I don't know what you would call it, like a reimagining or reboot, but yeah. Tales from Monkey Island. Yeah, I never I never played that one, actually, uh, myself. It's funny. I'm very much the audience in which I played the first two. I played the third one. I never played the the 3D Escape from Monkey Island on PlayStation 2 and like kind of that was kind of sort of the nadir of the franchise. And I never played the Telltale reimagining. Although, you know, having finished Escape and, and playing the other ones, I would be up for it. Like, I think that they would be good. I do think like, I and I know a lot of the reviews mentioned this, in the main menu at the beginning of the game, they have this thing called Guybrush's, uh, like it's his journal. And you can go through and read about his past adventures. He narrates them and the voice actor of Guybrush is awesome, has always been awesome. Um, and he's he's great in this. And he goes over the events of the games that you played too, like Tales from Monkey Island, very briefly, all of those ones. Um, however... I would say that gets you caught up in the story, but it doesn't it doesn't translate the nostalgia, right? Like it doesn't so you know what's going on more or less, like there's not a ton to 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 unearth. And so so that's that's the thing that I would struggle with. I will say I got it on Nintendo Switch. Now that is um an odd choice. I've been kind of enamored with my Switch ever since Xenoblade. Uh, Chronicles because it's like the fact that I'm able to take it up while the kids are falling asleep and play games on the nights that I'm putting them to bed um, 
it makes it really cool. And Monkey Island, I felt, would be a game that would carry over very nicely to the Switch. And, and uh, so I was really trying to get a sense because, you know, point-and-click adventure games I associate entirely with the mouse uh, and, like, going and pointing and clicking. But the interface that they've developed for this Escape from Monkey Island um, is so good. And uh, it works. It's the best way to play an adventure game on the switch and I would put it up against like just playing it with mouse and keyboard. Um, very, you know, you control your character with the joystick that you hold one of the triggers to run, which allows you to get to areas really quick. You can get pretty much anywhere pretty, pretty fast. Um, and then the other joystick is to like toggle between kind of hot spots, which allows you to find items pretty quick and then buttons to do different interactions. Honestly, it just feels so good and is so easy and even allows you to kind of, it, it reduces the amount of pixel hunting you have to do that used to be the bane of the existence of these types of games where you're like combing the screen for the right pixel to click or whatever. That seldomly happens with this. But um, it is it is five, you know, five parts. The games are always divided into parts. Each part is set in kind of like a location. It flows very much like the original ones. Um, it's got all, all the greatest hit characters are back, but it also has a complement of new characters like a LeChuck. Ghost Pirate LeChuck is always his arch nemesis and he's in fine form here. But now he has a whole crew and each crew member has a little bit of a kooky personality. Um, and, uh, and as it gets on, the game world kind of expands a bit and the puzzles get increasingly complicated. It feels like the first two parts of the game are very much Monkey Island the secret of monkey island like uh the first game in the series inspired and flavored like those those that game you even go to the same locales the two islands you go to in those parts and then in the the latter half of the game it feels very much inspired from the second monkey island game that where you would sail a ship from different to different islands and different destinations and that's where it gets really challenging for an adventure gamer right because you can pick up an item on an island that is used to solve a puzzle in another complete location and that's where things start getting much more complicated in terms of solving puzzles there is a hint book that is really well implemented in the game where you can open it and it will give you kind of like you can choose the puzzle that you're kind of stuck on it will give you like a really vague hint and then you can say like, uh, give me a little bit more and it'll give you a little bit more and then a little bit more. And then eventually you can just be like, okay, just tell me the goddamn answer. <laughs> and so I, I was really keen on finishing the game without using that hint book at all. Like I was like, I can do it. But there was two occasions where I ducked into it and one of them I regret because I was like, oh shit, I could have solved that. But one when I went in the hint book, I'm like, I'm really glad I went. I never would have figured it. it would have taken me so long and there was minimal guidance to getting to it. And so not every puzzle is a winner and some of the things are a little bit obtuse. So if you don't like that type of stuff, the humor is still like naked gun style, funny, you know, a joke, joke, joke. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good game. I would say if you have any interest in pirates, adventure, uh, nostalgia, uh, for for this type of game, show them some love, give them some money, play the game, and uh, and see see how you uh, how you enjoy it. And Ryan, if you get stuck, if you want, I could be your hint book. You don't even have to use the game one. You can you can you can call me. The only thing is that if I think it's an easy puzzle, I will shame <laughs> you mercilessly before I give you a hint. 
I wouldn't have it any other way. That sounds pretty good to me. Um, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah. That's how it happened in the schoolyard when I was a kid. Like, you had no internet. So you couldn't go to Game Facts. So, like, you get stuck at Secret of Monkey Island. What the hell do you do? You know, you you put your diskettes in. You've installed it. I would go to school, and I'd be like, all right, okay, so I'm doing the three trials. Has everybody, anybody else done those? Somebody would be like, oh, yeah, I got through them. I'm like, yeah, I'm stuck on this one, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, what do you give me if I tell you? I'm like, I don't know, this granola bar? I, I want your cookies. I'm like, oh, God damn it. And so, so I mean, it was like. That's how things worked back then. You had to trade and, and and make deals. Maybe some some person would buy the hint book where you would like send away and pay money and they would mail it to you, you know, and they would they would have all the answers, even though that they were they were just the richest of us and not the smartest. Um, so uh, I definitely remember that. We're now obviously I could go on the internet and be like, all the answers to the puzzles, please, but I put limits on myself not to do that. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's 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 uh, that is very good to hear. I, I think it's one of those games where I appreciate a good return to form. And I like to know that, you know, you've got Ron Gilbert coming back to the franchise after he swore he never would, um, you know, and never say never. Right. And uh, it's been received really well. And I think it's a game that um, even if I hadn't played past ones, I appreciate the format. I remember really enjoying uh broken age from um uh, tim schaefer and, and double fine uh, and that was sort of a traditional voice acted point and click adventure like sort of an update to that classic genre and i and i feel like uh while well, return to monkey island is a similar return uh to that original sort of um you know uh, you know very very original genre piece right like a point and click adventure so that's exciting. I'm glad. I'm glad you really enjoyed. Now, have you finished it? You're, or are you like kind of yeah, halfway? I'm done. Oh wow! No, I, I I finished it. I don't think I would have finished it if we hadn't delayed the podcast. Like I, I you know, I finished it relatively recently. Um, you know, I didn't rush it. I, like I tried to savor it, but I was playing it every night. One thing I I, I noticed switching from Xenoblade to it and some of the other games to it is I hadn't been a podcast gamer for a while, like pretty much ever. Uh, but while I was playing Xenoblade, I started listening to podcasts uh, while I was playing because you're just grinding combat or you're doing side quests that required no thought or whatever. Like you're just, there's a lot of like stuff between the main story beats in which that you actually, you know, mute your podcast or pause it or, and then, and then, uh, and then watch the scene monkey Island. It was interesting because I, I switched to that and it's a hundred percent. Like I am engaged all the time because there's the talking to characters. Obviously there's not, it's not like there's, quick reflexes that you have to do or anything like that like you have all the time in the world but you always have to be i can't listen to a podcast and play that game i need to listen to the voice acting and the conversations and all of this but also i have to think about how to solve the puzzles and my brain has to be engaged on it and so it was very interesting because it's not a podcast like you can't listen to the podcast really and play it but they're but not for the reasons that you would think, you know, for 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 because it's very chill. Uh, it feels like it would be, but for reasons that just just you need your whole brain to be engaged, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Um, I, I do love a good uh, a good podcast game. Um, 
that, well, I mean, a game that we're not, uh, that we are playing, but not listening to podcasts at the same time, but it is due to a podcast. That's Game Game of Thrones. God of War 2018. Uh, we're playing for the TGI Game Club. Um, and this is our, this is, our, I think, our third game club for Gamers In. And uh, we we had a pretty, um, after we finished Pyre, there was just a, a discussion. It was like, okay, what do we do next? And I think, uh, I think Whirlwind, a uh, listener of this show, had suggested, well, Ragnarok comes out in about seven weeks. Let's do the original God of War. And I think that's where game club um works really well is that we usually pick games that have been out for a few years so you have someone who's played it before to kind of guide you through it in this case i'm the one leading uh this game club and uh also there's a resurgence of the game whether it's a sequel coming out or in this case it's the sequel coming out and it was ported to pc not too long ago so kind of a a really good setup for for playing this game again and uh, I know Crofton, you're still working your way through the first milestone, which is about you know three and a half hours uh, of playtime minus side content that you can experience in the in those three hours. Um, but uh, I, like we've both played the game before, and we're returning to it before Ragnarok, right? I I had de- uh, played the game upon release, and I played it pretty fully. Like I did all the side content. Um, pretty much possible like i really milked it except you have to fight these valkyries as optional bosses and i had beat all of them and i think i was fighting the queen valkyrie or the top one and i was just smacking my head against the wall and then i think i dropped in favor of something else and never actually beat her that was the one sort of remaining bit but i had finished the game and so i'm playing it for game club as well uh and uh, except i'm playing on a harder difficulty um than i normally would like i'm playing on like it's just it's not even like give me god of war it's like give me a challenge but man i got owned like right off the bat i honestly thought about bumping it down but i was i said to myself self you can do this and also uh you've beaten the game on normal before so this is you should be able to even though it was years ago you should be able to beat it on a harder mode um and as i like the beginning is brutal um but then as i've gotten the ability to unlock and build up my character a little bit it has already gotten quite a bit easier um so that's that's great i think i can keep with it at this higher difficulty mode but i will totally like next time we sit down and you're like did you finish it on the challenging mode and i'm like no i had to bump it down i will own it if i if i have to do it and i'm not embarrassed to i want to get the most fun out of it and i love the combat and god of war so i actually don't mind getting pwned over and over and then like trying it and, and picking out the nuances like it feels really crunchy and good to play yeah yeah i uh I think uh, the the Valkyrie bosses that you mentioned, I was able to do all of them on normal difficulty, but the last boss I couldn't. I, I had to turn the difficulty down, and there's no shame in that. I think in in terms of uh, the difficulty slider on that game is really good because a it lets you bump it up and lets you bump it down however much you want. It's not tied to a trophy, a progression, or anything, and it's just it's a very it's the way difficulty uh, levels should be handled. Honestly, it's it's just it's a lot more accessible, and I think it's just it's the right implementation of uh, of a difficulty system. I would say there's one exception to that in the, the Give Me God of War. If you choose that, you're locked in. 
Oh, is it? Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. So that's the highest, the, highest, right? The, yeah, the highest one. You got it. You choose it. You're in for the in it to win it. Yeah. Well, if you're doing that, I think you know you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what you're getting into, and there's there's no uh, there's no off ramp with that one. Um, yeah. No. It, like, I mean, what what can be said that hasn't already been said about the game? I mean, it's been out for four years. The sequels, you know, highly anticipated. But um, you know, playing it for game club and and this time leading the game club, it's been it's been really interesting to go back to that game with a different lens of like, okay, you know, not only am I timing my playthrough when I'm doing main quests to make sure we don't, you know, play too much. Um, the goal is to try to finish around the release of Ragnarok. I think we're going to get pretty close, maybe finish it a couple weeks after it releases. Uh, but we made the decision to sort of focus on the main content, but outline the optional content that you can come across. Uh, so the three three hours to three and a half hours that that is all main content that we're playing, and um, everything else you do you you can explore to your heart's content um, as long as you're not progressing past that that main um, that main goal that we outline every week. And uh, we had our first discussion in Discord. I, I know Crofton, you're still working your way through it, so you just kind of jumped in a little late, but um, it, it was it's been it's been going really well. And that's the beauty of using the thread system is that you check into the thread for that milestone discussion when you're ready to discuss, go through the the thread. You know, you can reply to certain messages as as you, you know, as you'd like, or or just add your thoughts at the end of the thread. And a lot of people jump back in and start a conversation up again. And it's 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 a system that's worked really well. And and honestly, um it it's been a long time. I mean, Discord has obviously changed the way we do everything it's how I, we record podcasts it's how we you know plan and communicate uh for a lot of this type of content but i think this game club and the way we've been able to use discord and implementing uh threads it's been super cool to see um so if if folks want to replay god of war or play it for the first time before ragnarok comes out um you can jump in to the game club you, you know it's never too late Again, all the threads are there. If if they archive, I think they archive after no activity of about three days. Just jump back in, revive them. People will get notifications uh, when there's a new message. So there's always folks having chats in there. So we highly recommend it. Um, the other thing I did is I bought a uh, Steam Deck. <laughs> Just a second. <coughs> Jeez. Just when I thought he couldn't sound any worse. See, here, here's the thing. Use your soft mute, Ryan. I know. So, I'll, I'll, I'll t- so this is this is the thing. Ryan always gets on me about the soft mute. That really felt good. I got I got to to come back on him on the soft mute. What what I will say is that uh, Ryan, for a moment there, you know, like made me feel really bad for him. Like he sounded like death warmed over. Then he's like, Oh, I'm just, he's coughing or whatever. He sounds awful. Then he, he let slip. I, I got a steam deck. And then as soon as he said, I had a steam, did he had a steam deck? All my sympathy for him went out the window. I was just like, damn this guy. I want a steam deck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I did. I got, I got a steam deck and, um, I also just I, I coughed a lot there, and that was that was not fun. But a Steam Deck has been fun. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of time to play with it. Um, it's kind of weird when you buy. Uh, I think I had this with the next gen consoles as well, at least early on. 
where, you know, I know I'm going to use it. I know I'm going to get a lot of use out of it. I'm going to enjoy it. But initially it's like, whew, that price tag. And what am I doing with it? I'm downloading demos and still putting it through its paces and, and testing things out and uh, played through Portal. Um, but, you know, you, it, you get that bit of not buyer's remorse, but more like buyer's guilt. Um, that being said, this thing, this Steam Deck, um, it it's kind of magical the way it works. Like I, I like it's a, it's a Linux console, essentially. Um, Steam OS is sort of a, a fork of it's a tight, it's a, I think it's, I think it's like a Linux operating system and um, it uses a fork of wine, which is an emulator for DirectX. server. And I might be getting some of this wrong. So I apologize to the gearheads that are listening to this and, and cringing. Um, but, uh, it's basically emulating anything that isn't running, uh, on Linux. So for a lot of games that, that are out there, they're, they're meant to run on windows. So a lot of that is being emulated with this system. So a lot of the things you're booting up, like essentially all the demos that were released for, um, Steam Next Fest, which is running right now. Uh, I, I downloaded a couple that looked interesting and, and you, and I just booted them up and yeah, some of them will have some glitches, but for the most part, they run quite well. And uh, as someone who tried to, you know, did a bit of Linux computing in college and tried to run games through Wine, uh, it 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 was not always great. And honestly, for the most part, it would fall flat on its face. And the fact that for the, for, for the most part, every game you launch works to a certain degree, it is... It is really cool and works really well as if you're like, this is a window, a handheld windows machine and you can install windows on it. You can, you know, wipe it and install windows, but you really don't need to. I mean, you just need a robust steam library. And even then there are ways to expand upon that through, you know, um, Xbox cloud gaming and, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I was impressed. I, I mean, obviously there's a host of games that have been tested by valve that will run. um, but there are also other experiences that you can you can jump into. So so for me, just recently, I've really just been experimenting with um you know different types of games. So I, I said I played a bunch of demos uh, on Steam Next Fest. Um, I played through Portal. I just installed Portal Two. I booted up uh, Titanfall Two just to see how it run, it would run, and that's a good example of um uh, games that have like sort of you know, those mini launchers, uh, uh, all the EA games have it with origin and all the Ubisoft games have it with Uplay or Ubisoft connect, whatever they call it now. And it worked. I mean, you have to like essentially install origin before like the game will say, Hey, you're going to install origin now. And it just, it all runs through the process. You, you log into your EA account and it, and it just works. And I'm, and then all of a sudden I'm playing Titanfall two on a handheld and it feels pretty good, um, yeah. And I think I think that's the thing, right? Like to your guilt issue, um, which you should feel really guilty. Yeah, about. I know. You have so much, you have so many toys. Like you got play, you got your video card on your computer's better than mine. You got a PS five and Xbox, whatever. You should feel guilty. But that said, um, your uh, what happens is is like. Sometimes you get a system and there's something day one that you could only play and experience on that system. And you feel immediately like, I don't know if, if, uh, what is it? Like you feel 
um, better, I guess. Uh, so in the case of a Switch, you buy a Switch, you get Breath of the Wild. Like say you didn't have a Wii U like most of humanity. Um, you get you get a Switch, you get Breath of the Wild. That's not a game you could play on a non-Nintendo console or whatever. So even though the Switch is opening up this new world of portable and like being able to click to your TV and all this sort of thing, it's it also has that game that you couldn't play before. All those games, like if, if I want to play Portal or Portal 2, I can play it on my sweet screen right now in front of me um, pretty easily. I can play Titanfall 2. The big difference is is that lifestyle shift that you're talking about. Of suddenly you have all these games in the palm of your hand. Like I talked about earlier, buying Escape from Monkey Island, or sorry, Return to Monkey Island, and going upstairs, like so, to have it on my Switch, so I could go upstairs uh, when it's my night to put the kids to bed, and I'm waiting on the bed for them to fall asleep. I would have a game that I, you know, I could play. Now I've done it, right? Like, um, whereas my Steam library is endless. So if I had a Steam Deck, it's less on day one that the Steam Deck's going to come out and and kick you in the face and be like, "Look at all these things that you couldn't do before." Because the the honest truth is, you could have done all of them before. Like, there's not a game that you can only play on Steam Deck that you couldn't have played on your PC or your consoles before. The difference is like a subtle lifestyle change that's going to prove itself over time. And I think that that's what people who have had some time with the Steam Deck are saying. They're saying like, you know, giving it some time. I'm finding myself like I'm on the couch. My wife's watching a show. I'm able to play my my AAA game and we're like parallel playing almost. We're doing this stuff or I'm I'm able to, you know, like I said, put, put the kids to bed or I, you know, I'm able to uh, go on a trip. Like I, this weekend I'm going – to my father-in-law's uh for you know four nights essentially uh over the canadian thanksgiving weekend and i'm i'm dusting off the switch and being like okay what have i got for this and it's great to have a switch but like honestly if i had a steam deck wow that that changes things considerably so i think it's over time that you will really like that guilt will go away because you'll be like oh wow this is embedding its way in my life and in it was like when i got a smartphone for the first time i remember I was an early adopter. I, I got like the first um, iPhone, the 2006 or whatever iPhone. Uh, and, uh, and, and I remember getting it and it was also my first cell phone, which was odd because a lot of people had cell phones already at this time and were like sending texts by hitting the same button three times, you know, like dee, dee, dee. Oh, anyway, man. when I, when I got, uh, when I got that uh, cell phone, I felt like, and this is like data was, you know, not, there's just having the internet in the palm of your hand was such a, like, like now we all, it's affected every aspect of the way we live. But when I got it, I felt like I was paying all this money. I had to justify it. I kept Google mapping things. Like I was mapping, Oh, look, I have a map in the palm of my hand. And even though, I knew all the way around my city, you know, like I, it was not something I really needed. Um, but I was like, Oh, I would just use functionalities to say that I was using it to justify my purchase. I think you're going to go through that phase with your steam deck where you're going to be like trying to justify it. You're going to be trying to, but then over time, I think that it's just going to prove itself to be like your smartphone, something that works into all aspects of your life and that you've, You'll be like, oh, this is a sweet deal. I don't know. I'm not a Steam Deck salesman, but this is what I sort of feel. No, I I think that's correct. I think that um, as someone who's struggled to explain why I'm not as interested in PC games these days, and um, 
I think it comes down to a combination of spending a lot of time in this office for work uh, and just having so many options for games like with consoles and stuff. And the consoles are so much easier. You just boot them up, you play the game. That's that's it. And that's that's the same idea with the Steam Deck um, is is that you you hit the button on the top. It's just like the switch. It's already on. Hit that button. It's on You're You boot the game up. You're playing. If you left the game running, same deal as the switch you can you can have that game suspended and jump right back into it uh of course everything you've heard about the steam deck in terms of its size yes it's big um you're gonna open that case up and you're like wow okay they weren't joking this is uh, a fairly large system however when you get it in your hands and you start playing it's it's not uncomfortable um it's not heavy it's just it's it's long and you might look at the buttons and say that's a weird layout but again like in my playtime, I, I, it's not been a problem. Um, it feels, it feels good to play games uh, and and to control them. I, and I haven't had an issue there. Um, yeah, the game or, or the Steam Deck does ship with a case, which I love because like finding a case for a, a very expensive handheld console is like the you know number one priority to keep that thing safe. Uh, so it comes with a case. I think all all three versions do. Uh, depending on which one you're buying. Um, but the other one was battery life. Obviously, it does not have the greatest battery life. It's about, I don't know, two to three hours, depending on what you're playing. Uh, if you're playing more games like you know 2D games or uh, less complex uh, 3D games, you're probably going to get maybe three to four, maybe five hours. But for the most part, you're not going to want to take this on the bus. You're going to want to just have an outlet handy nearby. Um, we're not talking like super inconvenient levels of, oh, I need to charge this thing. I think it's just, if you're playing in bed and you have an outlet by you, bring the charging cable with you. Um, but if you just want to get like a quick 20 minutes, you know, on the couch, jump into your game, you got 20 minutes to kill, like that's fine. Like you're going to get that portable feel, but, um, the battery life is like people expect, crazy things when it comes to battery life but what this system is 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 churning out yeah it chews through the battery pretty quick you know it is emulating windows games on the fly uh if if it is a windows game if it's a linux game maybe the battery life is a little bit better but that is something to note is just that it is a portable system but if you're taking it out of the house you're very limited in what you can what you how long you can play it um, so if you have like a long airplane ride or that's a bad example, cause you can probably just plug it in. I mean, if you're, if you're going for a long car ride and you're a passenger, you're probably going to run into this issue of like, well, I only have two and a half hours to play this thing unless I can plug it in. So something to keep in mind, but I don't think it's a deal breaker. But do you think like, like what's the difference between like I'm playing say rogue legacy two, or I'm playing Elden ring. Like, like I feel like the demands of the game would cause it to drain faster. No. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Because again, like it's using more of the hardware. There's more cooling going on. The fans are running. Um, that's another thing people brought up is the fans, and and they've done a lot of work, both software and hardware wise, to address um, the fans. I've noticed that when I'm playing games, the, the system will be silent, but then the fans will kick on to cool the system down. And then it will return to silent, um, or at least near silent. I'm sure the fans are still running, but um, you'll get like a- I just 
I just imagine I'm like sitting there with my wife. She's watching her show and I'm like, don't worry. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be on my steam deck. It's like super silent. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then I, then I'm playing it and it's like all quiet. And all of a sudden it's like, Bing! you know, like, and it's just, just, it's like an airplane taking off or whatever. And, it's and more like, yeah. I've, got, I've got my Bluetooth headphones in and I'm like, Oh wow. this I'm into the game. And my, but you know, she's like, can you shut that thing down? I'm like, so yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that is uh that, that that's something that you might experience where you will um you'll be playing on the couch with someone and you might hear like the fans kick in, but it's not it's not like PS4, you know, uh type jet engine fans. It's it's like a the Switch does it too. The Switch fans kick on. It's not it's not it's not subtle, but it's not the end of the world. Um I think there's a lot going for the system and and I think that uh you know, I haven't tested it in, you know, quote unquote docked mode. You can hook up a, I was saying to Crofton and listeners at home, if there are other uh, Steam Deck users, he wants to like, you want to build like a little arcade cabinet in your, you know, office shed, right? That's what you want to do. The, am I trying to build a, yes, I, I'm looking to get this arcade machine or whatever uh, and put it in my shed so that I get out of a meeting and then I can give somebody a fatality in Mortal Kombat. Well, here's the thing. So, um, as I was suggesting to Crofton is like the Steam Deck, it, it can do all that. It, it you know, I, I don't know much about emulation these days, um, but I do know like all of that arcade stuff is it's emulated. It's like MAME, right? M-A-M-E, that sort of thing. Um, you could do all that on your Steam Deck. It's fairly easy. Hook up a USB-C hub to that bad boy and then like, you wouldn't even you could just plug it into your little arcade cabinet thing that you've made and and uh, and run it like that and instead of buying like a PC or a Raspberry Pi or whatever you would end up buying for a, for a cabinet just hook your Steam Deck into it and I, and it, it all works it would it would work flawlessly uh, I think you would have a great time and you wouldn't have to buy two things you could buy the Steam Deck right now um, the pre-orders have gotten really good now so like you could pre-order if you pre-order right now. I think the turnaround is just. A I will throw days. in these steak knives <laughs> and three three easy payments and these steak knives if you pre-order right now. Yeah, um, yeah that's why no, I sound so I, different. I'm actually uh, uh, the Valve guy. Was I? I had his name, Gabe Newell, and then I lost it, and then I got it again. So there you go. I I will say that it is it is they are. I want the arcade cabinet, and I have one in mind that I want to get, and all this sort of thing, and and I want a Steam Deck as well, um, and uh, you know they're all on all on my wish lists for the next little while. But it is funny because uh, they have really knocked the PS Five off my wish list, um, which is like you know. Uh, I have, I, you know, I'm playing God of War on the PS4. It looks amazing. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is coming out on PS4. I'm sure it will look amazing on PS5, but I'm also sure that if I play it on PS4, I will not notice anything wrong with it. So I'm playing it there. Um, I think the question will be when Spider-Man 2 comes out, because as we know, I'm a huge Spider fan. If that is only a PS5 game, I'm going to be really in a bad spot. Uh, But uh, even knowing that, like, if I wait five years, it'll probably come out on PC. um, You know, so so uh, for me, the Steam Deck is kind of taken over as the, the, the hardware that I want as I have an Xbox Series X. 
serves me well on on the TV, but uh, my computer's due for an update. Um, so I, yeah, I, I covet it, Ryan. Yeah. I covet it. I would even take your cold if it also meant that I got your Steam Deck. So yeah. I mean, I no longer feel bad for you. <laughs> well, I I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, you should. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to get some more time with the Steam Deck. And um, like I said, I've just been sort of testing it out. But uh, I, um, like you said, I, I haven't, like, bought a new Steam game. I mean, I haven't gotten a new Steam game yet to kind of, like, I'm going to play this exclusively on the Steam Deck. I've, I've kind of just been experimenting with the games I already have, seeing what runs, playing different games. So, but, I mean, that being said me getting a new steam game is bound to happen any minute now like again like uh, steam games are steam is the way to go with pc gaming and uh pc games uh, come across like i love playing like little like indie games and that, those are mainly done either on you know usually begrudgingly on pc on the on steam because that's where they're usually available it what is it it's co listen gabe newell here you're just like hard selling you if you think the steam deck is great wait till you just try steam <laughs> okay it is so amazing what i was it's trying got to everything indie games big <laughs> games small games i think i'm gonna buy a game on steam right now so yeah i get what you're saying you love steam i <laughs> What I was trying to say was basically like begrudgingly play on Steam because I would rather play on console and sometimes those games aren't available there. So I will report back in a couple of weeks to make Crofton feel even more jealous. He may accuse me of being a Valve employee, but uh, really I think Steam has taken over way before my gushing of uh, their systems and such. But um, before we jump into the diapers, uh, Crofton, let's talk about Extra Life. Extra Life is back uh, we've hammered out some details for a, a Vendad's event. That's right, a Vendad's is returning. Um, your crew of four, myself, Crofton, Travis, and Whirlwind, will not be playing Avengers, um, which is where the original Avendad's moniker came from. We're going to be playing Sea of Thieves because who plays Avengers uh, anymore? So um, we're calling the event Avendad's Age of Megalodon. Uh, we're going to be playing Friday, October 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sea of Thieves. You can go to tiny.cc slash donate of Endads to donate to our Extra Life campaign. Uh, both Travis and I are collecting donations this year. Um, myself for Sick Kids out of Toronto and Travis for Boston Children's Hospital. Um, and if you want to watch the event, tiny.cc slash watch of Endads. We'll have all the links on our website in the show notes. Uh, in this podcast episode show notes as well and um yeah can't wait to play it's only a few weeks away um crofton are you ready to hit the uh the sea of thieves with your trusty Avendad's crew i am i love sea of thieves uh which is i was the heavy pusher for for this it's like a four-player co-op game that's a lot of fun you get into a lot of shenanigans i find it makes for a great game to stream it's really easy to pick up and play uh it's just great to look at feels like you're out at sea um so i am uh i am stoked to to play it uh and uh um, play it with you gentlemen and uh, and uh, help raise some funds. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I love Sea of Thieves as well. I usually only play around Extra Lifetime, so I'm due to return 
to this rare adventure. Um, well, let's get into the diapers. And uh, Crofton's got a bit of a theme going here. The secret of Monkey Island. More Monkey Island. What's going on here? Yeah, I almost lumped it all together. But I was like, you know, that's not necessarily fair to Gwen. Um, so Gwen's now eight. Uh, and so she's up to more challenging games. And also we're trying to, you know, with school, we're, there's reading exercises and, and math. And we're trying to work in some level of homework. Um, she's more of a kid now, like a really smart kid. And, and uh, um, even though like there is some, like she's working hard on her reading and some, some of it is challenging and all. Um, but, uh, but she was asking me, you know, I, I would talk about Monkey Island uh, to Jess um, in uh, uh, the day after I would play. So I would, I would talk about the new game. And she was listening, Gwen was listening and she was asking me questions about it, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, is it an adult game? Is it all this? And we were due for kind of a new video game. And I remembered, Ryan, that I had bought on Xbox 360, the special edition of Monkey Island 1, Secret of Monkey Island. And this was released in the glory days of Xbox Live Arcade, where they would do their summer of arcades and all this. And they would have these games that would come out, and they did a remake of Monkey Island. They called it Monkey the Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition. And it came out on PC, uh, on your fave uh, system there, Steam. Uh, and it came out also on Xbox 360. And I had bought it. And now everything Xbox is homogenated. It's all like, like I was like, maybe I could just install it on the Series X, right? Um, and so, you know, I sat down and I was like, I, I didn't promise Gwen. I was like, let's explore this. So I went to my library uh, and I, sure enough, like I didn't buy that many. I skipped the Xbox One generation and didn't buy that many digital games on Xbox Series, uh, uh, Xbox 360. But there it was, staring me in the face. I'm like, wow. So, like, can I install it? I installed it lickety split, like it's 600 megs or something. And then we jumped into it right away, and it looked amazing uh, because. It was completely redone with like a new art style, music, voice acting, the whole nine yards. And to make matters better, there is a, a button that you can press at any time in the game to switch back to the original graphics. Um, and which to Gwen's detriment, I do all the time to be like, look how it used to look, Gwen. <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, turn it back. Ah, oh, turning my eyes. I'm like, no, it's good. Look at it. Look at it. Um, but uh, the downside of this, there, there is, um, is that the pixel art, the pixel art, honestly, it looks really great. And the new art style is very good, but, but, and, and very, but it's a bit too glossy and, I honestly think that the original pixel art in many ways still looks better. I think I could have even convinced Gwen to play entirely in the pixel art. The problem is, to my knowledge, you cannot have the sound of the special edition, including all the voice acting and a much richer score um, and the old graphics. Like you switch either to old or to new, right? And so, uh, so you know... When given that, like Gwen wants all, obviously all the voice acting and the great music and all of that. So so I would just really switch sometimes. It, it was actually easier to solve the puzzles with the old graphics sometimes because you could 
it was very clear the things that you could pick up. Whereas in the new graphics, everything is so rich and nice that you're never quite sure sometimes. So, but it was, um, it's amazing to toggle from screen to screen be like, this is how it used to look. This is what they did here. And, and, and you can admire the art and stuff. And it's really fun for a dad to kind of show their kid. Like, so you're, you're playing it. You're like, this is a game dad played when growing up, but like, she's getting to see a glossy version of it that she can appreciate. But I'm also able to toggle the switch to be like, this is how it looked for me in this scene. And she's able to see that as well. So it's just a perfect thing. And adventure games is something I kind of like, I got so caught up in Nintendo and Luigi's mansions and the Bowser's furies that I didn't really think about like the game, like she's older now. She can play these adventure games. She can help solve these puzzles. And we're already into like part three, I think of Monkey Island, which has secret of Monkey Island, which is four parts every night. She's like, Oh, let's play some more. Um, there's no violence because Monkey Island is like, like the battle is insult sword fighting, which is all, it's all super PG family friendly. Um, and yeah, it's just great to play with your kids. Uh, these these adventure games and it's on console and it's on the TV so everything about it is fantastic so it's great because in the evening I was playing like the new Monkey Island game solo and I was you know but during just before bed I would I would play the original well the remade version of the original and I honestly think when we're done I'm gonna buy the this Monkey Island two they also did a special edition I think I'm, I think Gwen's gonna want to play that. And then I'll buy that. And then maybe we can go and place the, the most recent Monkey Island. And she will have played, you know, the first two. And it will be a, a nice continuation. So I would say for those who are like, oh, I'd like to play. Can I play Monkey Island with my kids? I'm keen about the new one. It seems like it'd be a great fit. It is a great fit. But I would almost say a better fit would be The Secret of Monkey Island, the original game. Um, you can buy it on PC or Xbox Live Arcade, and you can get the get the special edition. And uh, it will it, it will be a, a, a good experience. The one downside is that the Switch really, like the, the new game, really nailed the controls of an adventure game. Whereas the... Um, the controls in the special edition are not optimal. Like, like you're moving a cursor to walk your guy and you click in it. With the joysticks, that's not as fun. Whereas in the, the other version, the, the new game, you move your guy by moving the joystick. It makes a difference, right? I I, I had to tinker around and uh, like it, it the special edition would clearly play better on PC, but you know, that's not the best way to play it with your daughter sitting next to you for sure. So have really enjoyed it. Uh, it's you can get it cheap if you want to get aboard a monkey island train and you feel like oh i you know uh, i don't want to just jump into this years in the making sequel where you can start with the the secret of monkey island special edition and uh yeah it's awesome and kids will love it and you will have better relationships with your kids and you can get these steak knives uh three easy payments 9.99 order today we um we don't actually uh, have steak knives but i mean i'm sure you could go to like other websites not steam and buy them um well that's exciting i i mean here's the thing you mentioned um you know uh reading and and getting your your kids to read and i think um i think caden's starting to get to that point where like i think so he so he's in grade one um just started grade one this month and and this whole last month feels like a, a blur which i'll get into as well but 
uh, I just remembered like he he started reading when when he first went back to school, uh, trying to read, learning to read. And he picked up, we had these like, you know, introduction to reading books and, and he kind of started to just, I guess, start to work at it, start to try to learn to read. And, and, um, he's, he's been moving pretty quick. I mean, obviously he still has a lot of trouble with certain words and, and he has to, you know, remind them to sound them out. And, but he's like, he's still working at it, but he's enjoying it. And I think that was something we talked about last episode was, you know, Caden and the bus ride. And I said, as soon as he is able to reliably, uh, you know, read on his own without needing help. Cause when he needs help and he can't get help, he does get really frustrated. And that's something we're also working on. Uh, but I feel like once he's able to read or read, you know, on, at his own pace, um, he'll be, he'll be in a better, you know, spot to, to be independent and keep himself busy. But like, I never even thought like I should keep an eye out for, introduction to reading you know video games with more like simple text alongside um you know uh, not simplified gameplay but I, I almost think like has um has your daughter thought about going back to animal crossing you know because you said she was playing it but was she reading through the text there as well or was she just playing the game i don't think she was reading at the time uh so I think she's just playing the game. It's funny too. You mentioned Animal Crossing. We never got the DLC, you know, the Happy Home design. Right. I bet that would be one that she would like. Well, you know, there you go. Maybe that's something as well to look at, and it'd be familiar gameplay wise, and then she could, you know, focus in on on the reading aspect. And I, I mean, like I I know that uh, I know that Caden has a, a strong interest in video games, and I think we've talked about it before. Like where I struggle is like if he's good to go playing video games, but you know, Abigail not as interested, and 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 Ab- or Isabel is just too young. Uh, still, she's only two. She would uh, rather throw the controller in, in a fit of rage. Um, but yeah, like I think, uh, I think, I think that might be something we look at. I mean, Caden is is getting there with his reading. Like he's working at it. I I think he. So we did a thing where we said like, okay, all three kids, we're gonna go to chapters, and each of you can pick one book, uh, for return to school. Um, just whatever book you want from the kids section and, uh, Caden being the, um, uh, maximizer, he picks like a five in one book of Scooby-Doo or whatever. And, and Abigail and Isabel pick a couple of little storybooks as well. And, and Caden has just been reading through that Scooby-Doo book over and over and over again. Uh, just as he continues to, you know, remember the words and, and memorize them and stuff. And, but, but again, he's doing it in his own at his own pace and he's asking for help a lot and, and which is great because I want him to to sort of do that. But it's been really interesting to see that sort of um progression where uh he's decided to start picking up reading and and uh and running with it. But I mean obviously there's still a long way to go. Um but uh he's having a great time. Um but you know we we have had our struggles uh these past couple of weeks, as I said at the top of the show, uh, my wife tested positive for COVID. Then I tested positive for COVID, and I think while we were recovering, a cold came into the house. I think it's hard to say. There's a lot of like, you know, I don't know the science behind it in terms of like, can you get a cold while having COVID? I have no idea. But uh, something else came into the house. Like something else came into the house from a, from a cold perspective. Um, but there's, it's been a, like a sort of a long 
you know, longer road to recovery when it comes to um, uh, getting past COVID, as you can hear. Uh, but also, uh, Abigail, I think it was Abigail had it first, hand, foot, and mouth disease, came back into the house again. I guess it's a thing where it happens. It can happen every fall and spring. So I don't, I don't know if this has happened to you. Have, have you guys had, you know, hand, foot, mouth disease come into the house? No, I don't think so. At least I hope not. Uh, you know, we, we Clara was sick this week um, and she, she continues to have snot in her face. But uh, I do know that in Canada right now, there's like this sort of freak out that's going on for child's medicine. Like people are trying to buy up all the kids Tylenol and stuff because there's like a shortage and all kids want it. And all Facebook groups are pointing out where the kids Tylenol is. So I think, uh, I think that was one of the things in the news story that I saw that was going around that they were like, uh, that people were freaking out for medicine on. Yeah, no, I think it's a, a manufacturing thing and you need a prescription to get it. Cause they want to make sure people who really need it are getting it. And I think that introduces some other issues of like, what if you don't have a family doctor or, or an e- easily accessible, uh, Doctor for, I mean, wait times in general, just from emergency room to, you know, clinics, after hour clinics, stuff like that. It's, it's, it's tough. Um, where when you, this was a tool that a lot of parents would use, you know, when a kid is sick or has a high fever and it was over the counter, but, um, yeah, like we, we had some in stock before, uh, before there was a shortage, but yeah, with, with hand, foot and mouth disease, like the first time it came into the house, like it was a couple, couple days wasn't too bad. Kids got through it. It kind of like just looked like dots um, on their hand and, and hands and feet and maybe a couple, you know, in their mouth. But, but this time around, it kind of hit them a lot harder, especially, you know, Abby wouldn't eat anything for a couple days. And this was all like, the timing was just like, obviously Ashley tested positive. We all stayed home. Then I tested positive. We all stayed home. And, uh, and then just as everyone was recovering hand, foot and mouth, you know, came into the house. So again, kids had to stay home from school because it's highly contagious and uh, the kids aren't eating because they, they had more sores in their mouth than they, than the, so they couldn't eat. They wouldn't eat anything. Caden right now is in the thick of it. He won't eat anything, just popsicles and, you know, um, stuff that's not going to bother his sores. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're sick and you have kids, like when you, when you're sick and you don't have kids and you just, or or the kids are at school or, or what have you, there is this like concept of like, well, I'm, I'm off work. I'm going to go back to sleep and rest and feel better. That's how I always recovered from a cold before I had kids. But then you can't do that when you're, you're at home taking care of kids. You like, I can't like, I can't just nap. I can sometimes get like 15, 20 minutes, you know, with the TV on. But for the most part, it's like every 15 minutes, like, Oh, we need a snack. We need another popsicle, you know? So it's uh it's been a, I think for me it's been a longer road to recovery because I think for me what works best is is just a whole ton of extra sleep. That's how I recover fastest I find. Drink a lot of water and just sleep and that's usually how I kick it. And kids are really understanding of that too. Oh yeah, they're really good cuz they'll bring you uh full glasses of water no problem. Uh oh no, you were talking about the napping part. Yeah, it's been uh, Yeah, they just let they just let you sleep and they don't disturb you and entertain themselves. That's my experience with children. Yeah, and I mean, like obviously all, both of our kids are quite young and I mean, I'm god, they better, you know, 
uh, when they get a little older, they better at least respect the fact that daddy's not feeling well. Please let me sleep on the couch uh, and look like a zombie. Um, just go watch your Paw Patrol 5 or whatever. I don't, hopefully they're not watching Paw Patrol when they're teenagers. But you get the idea. Like, I think, um, although I, I know parents of teenagers will probably say, no, no, there's going to be other things that will be uh, getting in the way of your sleep. Um, like worrying about, uh, about uh, your kid being a teenager. But um, yeah, it's just, it's been... I was hoping for a couple of days actually before this week, earlier this week to be able to uh, sort of just recover because everyone would have been uh, at school or work or what have you. But, uh, you know, Abby was feeling better with hand, foot and mouth. It was all gone. And then it, it jumped to Caden. So Caden, both Caden and, and Izzy had to stay home this week. So it's been, it's been a lot. I, I, I think, I think we're on the, you know, knock on wood. We're on the tail end of it. I feel like, uh, the kids should be feeling better for next week. Next week should be better. Everyone will be back to school. Everyone will be back to work and, and hopefully we'll be back at it. But unfortunately, like looking likely that we'll have to miss Thanksgiving this weekend. Uh, I can't remember the last time we went to Thanksgiving. Someone's always sick. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. Uh, we just watched this episode last night of the TV show, the Sandman on Netflix, which is an ad- adaptation of the graphic novel. It's pretty sweet. There's one story in it that made me think of your situation, which is there's this guy that the uh, Sandman and his sister death give this guy in like 1300 medieval Europe, um, the ability to live forever essentially with the caveat that he must meet them every year uh, at the, the same bar and, and eventually ask, they think eventually he will ask for death. They'll say, how's life treating you? And every a hundred years he'd come in and they would meet. And sometimes life was treating him amazingly. Like he'd be rich or whatever. And then other times, you know, he's like, I hated every moment of the past 80 years or whatever. Um, and, uh, it does feel like right now doing a podcast with kids, it's sort of like that we're checking in every time I'm like, so Ryan, we haven't done a podcast for a month. How you doing? And you're like, it's been shit, you know? And, uh, like, I totally, I totally get that, that we get neediers and valleys and then we get climb up in high, high heights and mountains. And I just hope that, uh, that next time we sit down, like all of this is behind you guys, and you're, and we sit down to meet again at the pub, and you say to me, "Oh man, it's been great." My, I tell you, Grofton, the Steam Deck has changed my life, and I'm like, "Okay, Ryan, that's great," you know. But, uh, but uh, well, hopefully, all the sick stuff will be behind you. Yeah, I mean, I, I will fully admit, like the last three weeks is it really comes down to the whole household has just been in varying degrees of, of illness. And and I think that has been, it's, it's, it's not, it's not been a great couple weeks. So uh, again, you know, you know whose fault it is uh, Peterborough Lakers. That's who Ryan, you should turn on them forever. You should now cheer against them actively. Yeah. I mean, like, I think the problem there is that they're probably one of the, the, the best teams in the league. And I think it's one of those situations where, their team is so stacked that they just always win or almost always win. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's not, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It was one of those situations where 
uh, and I was supportive of it. It was just like, uh, Ashley said, oh, you know what? This, there's this thing happening in town. You know, the kids will have a lot of fun. It'll be great. And it just so happened to be, and this isn't the only time, like, it's not one of those situations where like, oh, you know what? Let's just, we'll give in this one time. We'll go do some fun stuff. Like we went, to, I went to outdoor concerts with the kids um, over the summer. Uh, we, we did, we did a lot of events. We went to the zoo. We went, we went to the Toronto zoo. I mean, we talked about it on the show, you know, um, it just so happened to be this one event. Uh, and I mean, that, that is the story of, of everyone's explanation of how they caught COVID. It's just, it just happened to be that one time that they went out. And I mean, I wasn't sitting here saying, oh, it's never going to happen in terms of catching COVID. It was going to happen at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like, and it didn't hit the kids, um, at all. Uh, it like it hit Izzy harder than any of the others. I think she was the only one that actually got it. So we're on the tail end of it. I think we're, we're all on the mend soon. And, uh, uh, the way I see it, like we haven't really been this sick in, in a couple of years. So eventually, like, I think we're looking at just, we're going to be good till Christmas. Uh, that's what I'm, that's the story I'm sticking with. We're gonna be healthy till Christmas, and and hopefully famous last words. Also, speaking speaking of last words, Ryan, time to wrap up. Yes, let's let's us end this show with even more famous last words. You can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show dad at tgistudios.com. Uh, this is probably where Crofton begs for an email because we haven't had one um, in a couple episodes. So someone. Cue one up for us. Thank you so much. Please. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find uh, me and our Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at DNDCast. Don't forget, just in case some weird scheduling stuff keeps us from doing another episode on time, uh, we have our Event Dads uh, event for Extra Life on Friday, October 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, you can um, watch tiny.cc uh, slash watch event ads. You can see all of our streams there and you can donate tiny.cc slash donate event ads. Well, all the links in the show notes. So definitely support a great cause there and watch Crofton yell at us as we steer a boat into the rocks um, or drop the anchor to park. See Ryan roleplay by getting scurvy in real life. No, no, please don't. I enjoy vitamin C. It'll, I'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple weeks and we'll see you soon. Bye everybody. Stay healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) Go to bed, Ryan. I only had one coughing fit. That's not too bad considering. That's true. I mean, you did like at one point I was like, once his vocal cords warm up, he'll sound better. But you never did. Nope. <laughs>